Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. JP, welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. Thanks for having me here. Really pumped for this conversation. And I had an idea of directing it in this way. So tell me what you think. I have an idea too, but you Uh go first. Since this is a a two-way conversation, but you go first. Let's do it, baby. I would love to learn from you about commitment. And cool. I think your story with Steve and how you you gave yourself four months. Mm. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, about that was the August twenty second to Christmas, so August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, four months. Are you open to diving into that? I am too. Are you open to diving into my idea as well? Yes. Yeah, which was like, hey, man, I'd like to interview you. And can I be honest, I kind of hate you a little bit. So like that would be an interesting conversation to have. So I'd love to just get honest with you and dive into what it is that was that was showing up. Before um, before JP and I recorded this conversation, we were talking about like, what is this about? And it's all about being. So yeah. you just dove into the most perfect possible way that we could <laughs> awesome. unveil. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that we're both a game for it. Let's start with where you, as you suggested, and we'll organically find our way into the rest of it. Brilliant. So how did you make that commitment and why, and what was the process of following through? Mm. Uh, well, just for people listening, who don't know what the heck we're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I met Steve Hardison, uh, my mentor and coach, uh, I don't know, in 2014 or maybe even earlier online. Um, and, and then I flew out after a while, I flew out to see him to spend a couple hours with him at his house and have a, what he calls now a be with session. And I decided I wanted to hire him as my coach. And, and I, you know, the investment that time was 150 grand. And I was like way out of reach of any amount of money that I had in my bank account. So I said, well, I'm going to hire you. And when I have the money, I'll, I'll do it. And he's like, okay. Um, and then two years went by and it did, didn't have the money. Um, and I just realized that like living with this desire and this quote unquote commitment to do this thing when it happens isn't, isn't happening. Like it's not working. Uh, I just got honest with myself. I have this, I love this quote by Nietzsche. I have it on my board. The strength of a person's spirit would then be measured by how much truth he could tolerate or more precisely to what extent he needs to have it diluted, disguised, sweetened, muted, falsified. So I tolerated the truth that this wasn't creating the outcome. Uh, and then I was like, what's going to change it? Is it going to put, it's going to put some, something on the line, my word, you know, my word with a person who I hold in high regard and who also takes a person's word very seriously. And so for me to write an email and say, Hey, I'm going to hire you. And not when I have the money, but I will have the money by this date to me was like, that was a lot of, there's a lot of tension in that, right? There's a lot of like living up to a certain, uh, commitment that I've made. So I knew sending that email was going to be consequential for me. Uh, and I wrote it and I hesitated to send it for a bit, but finally with the encouragement of my uh, assistant and, and my wife, I, I finally sent it. And it was like the blood left my, you know, like, holy shit, what did I just do when it sent out? 
Um, but I knew that's what it was going to do and that's what I wanted it to do. And so that, that creating that tension, I call it an entangled commitment. And this is a commitment that we can make to ourselves privately. But then when we speak it out into the world, we're entangled. That's like, that's what marriage is all about. Like, why do we do this big wedding and invite all our friends and family? Cause now we're on the hook. We're not alone in this anymore. Um, and so I feel like I did that. I said, you know, uh, I'm going to marry you kind of thing. And, um, that was the structure that then kept me honest. I had to continue to tolerate that truth that I'd made that commitment and face that. And then it forced growth. It forced growth for me to create more than I've ever created in a year at that point in four months in a financially income wise. And actually probably as a person as well, growing myself rapidly in that way. Up until sending that email, what was going on in that point of your life where that is what you wanted to make your word? Um, I think that I was just enjoying the work of coaching and, and, and just felt so in love with and fulfilled by that work and seeing, um, it was like, I wasn't struggling. It wasn't like coming from a place of need or brokenness. I just saw that as something that was going to help me ascend this mountain of, uh, mastery. You know, I love like, who's the best in the world at whatever I'm doing and how can I learn from them? Like, I want to go faster. I want to climb higher. I want to create more, you know, um, I just think that's what, you know, I squeeze all the juice out of life. You know, if I got into race car driving, I'd be like, who's the fastest race car driver in the world? And like, how do I get to them? And how do I just learn from them? And so it was that, that, that tenacity for wanting to learn from the best, the hunger for that, uh, for the ultimate essentially. And, you know, having met Steve and substantiated it with my experience, what is talked about and be like, yep, I want that. And, and, and wanting it, it needs to be, you know, coupled with commitment if I'm going to actually get it. So I think it was just, I think it was like the success that I've created in my life up to that point was what was driving my, my willingness to make this commitment, just more of it. Something that also really stood out to me was your wife that she mm-hmm. was captaining and championing you on. Yeah, I'm so in that regard. Can you can you can you talk about that because I would this is an assumption that maybe mm-hmm. most people's partner when they discuss going to spend and invest money into yeah. Steve, that might be a friction point. Well, yeah, both those things are true. She there was a friction point um which was like you know, what about us? What about our financial security? And that's why my commitment. So the conversation with her, she's always been a champion for my growth. I mean, I chose a woman who's very interested in personal growth and who highly values that. And we have that in common. And we, and we actually were business partners first in a personal development company before we even fell in love and got married. So that like, at least we have the same values in that sense. So she's a yes for that, but that doesn't mean that she's therefore spend all the money and put us at financial risk so that you can grow. So there was still that as well. And I'm, I, I live from the belief that we can have it all. We can have our cake and eat it. That just kind of makes sense to me. We can have everything. We can have both. So you can have the financial security you want and I can hire this coach. And what that meant is that I didn't have to create $150,000 in four months to pay for Steve. I had to create $285,000 in four months to pay for Steve, have some runway, have the money for taxes so that we have the financial stability and I get to hire Steve. So it was actually my listening to her and her concerns and saying yes to that and being a commitment to all of it that had her be fully supportive. So me supporting her reciprocated with her full support of me. 
it, it has me laughing at myself because I'm thinking about the way that you, you went about it. <laughs> and part of me is like, ah, that might've led to me feeling more responsible when <laughs> I invested in, for my birthday coming up, I'm doing a be with session with Steve. And, awesome. and I created a, a powerful client previously that led to me gifting myself that and the timing mm -hmm. of life. And there was mm -hmm. a part after where I was like, did I do that in the most responsible way? Um, and <laughs> so okay, yeah, we'll have just, to eat ramen noodles, babe, but, <laughs> but I'm going to see Steve <laughs> given that right now in my life, it's just me. Right. Yeah. And it's a okay, cool way to look at it. Though. Yeah. That makes it easier. Yeah. So yeah. you send the email, what changes in life? How did you, how did you create this? Um, well, what changes is, is now I'm living inside a commitment that has that that's consequential for me, you know, to not do that hurt, to not achieve that hurt, you know, experiencing the idea of not achieving it out there by Christmas was hurtful for me. And so there was an away from that was part of what kept me focused. Now, I don't think if the only thing was the away from and the, the hurt that that would have had me achieve it. But it was an it was like a boundary, like I'm not going to go and do nothing this week because that creates the fear of it not happening and that hurts. So, but I can't create this outcome from her. So I had to touch that, like feel the heat of that and be like, okay, when this hurts, what am I going to create? What would I love? And just constantly refocus on the, on the commitment and the vision. And pragmatically, what that meant is every day, I mean, I like set up an altar. I mean, my wife teased me about it. So you, you know, she used to say, you're going to see God today, like going to see, meet with Steve or something. Um, but I had an altar. I had incense burning. I had candles. I had a picture of Steve. I had the letter, uh, an email printed out that I had written to him and the one that he'd sent to me. And every single morning I went downstairs, I stood in front of that altar. I lit the incense, I lit the candle and I read the email out loud. And that was my religion. And that was the, that was the, that was the prayer that moved me from holy shit. What if this doesn't happen? And what would that mean about me? Bullshit story, like pain thing into like the transmuted the energy into back to the day when I sent the email that I'm, I'm fucking doing this and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to figure it out. And so I started my day every day with that transmutation from that warrior concern into courage and commitment and focus. Um, and if I hadn't done that, then it wouldn't have gotten there. And that taught me a lot about just how to create in life in general. Cause I still pray every morning for who I am and who I'm going to be that day and what I'm creating as a way of refocusing my attention and directing my energy, moving it from fear to love. Um, so we can say more about it, but that was the bedrock for sure. Is it fair to say that you would often times find yourself in the dance of I'm fulfilling this commitment from striving and from fear and this All the daily time. practice of getting back yeah. into love? Yeah. The morning practice was needed, but then there would be times throughout the day that I need to come back into the altar either literally, you know, cause I was at home and I had an office down the street or like in my mind, come back to the altar and do the prayer again. Because yeah, I mean, there was, and, and as it got closer and closer, I was 150 grand short 10 days out. So I'd created 136 grand 10 days out. And I was like, okay, well I'm, I'm getting there, but it's getting tight. And so like the energy just started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and that, that, that's an interesting moment too, because I was creating success with 10 or $20,000 investments that were adding up. But even if I continued doing that in the next 10 days, the last 10 days, it wasn't going to have me cross the line. Um, so I, uh, you know, 
in that desperation, I reached out to a number of friends, but one of them in particular, Allison Crow, just like, she was just like, well, this create a single client at $150,000. And I'm like, that, that wasn't even in my like, that's not even an option. That's the amount that I'm paying Steve. Like, I, I'm not the person that could do that. I couldn't do that. And, um, but I, I had to, that's the thing about the commitment and, and the prayer is, is the absolute, this will happen or I will die trying had me be willing to let go of the idea that I can't create a $150,000 client because it became obvious that that was the only way that it was going to happen at that point. And so like the, the, all of that work I done every morning on the commitment and, and is, is, is what forced me to drop the story that I couldn't do that. And it's through dropping the story that I couldn't do that, that I snapped into being somebody that could do that. And then it's through being somebody that could do that, that I started to have the conversations as if that were going to happen. And it's through having that conversations and being that, that it did happen. And on the 24th or so of, of December, I was able to email Steve and be like, I did it. Let's go. So you're ready for the, the perfect transition? Yeah. This is why I sent you that message like, man. This, this is why I hate you. This is why I hate you because I'm even feeling into the energy right now. Like I'm slightly triggered. I don't know if trigger is the right word, but I'm, I'm judging myself very, they're slipping in there very subtly. And it's coming yeah. from this place of like, I actually truly believe that I can do that. Mm-hmm. The judgment is, well, then are you willing to put in the effort? Well, that brings up another point here um, that a commitment that I made that I, that wasn't that I, something that I shared with Steve, but it was a commitment to myself. Um, and I'll share it with you because I, I'm suspicious that effort isn't really the thing that you have resistance to. You don't strike me as, as a guy who just from the experience that I've had of you, who, who shies away from effort. But I think sometimes we use the word effort as a catch all to also represent, um, am I willing to do stuff that I don't want to do? Like your guy who I get values freedom. We have a lot of similarity. You travel the world, you do your thing. You don't want to spend your time hustling and doing shit you don't want to do. Mm. But that doesn't mean you won't put in effort. Um, am I, am I right? Like that distinction yeah, in there? You're absolutely yeah. right. You know what it actually is? It's, am I willing to pursue something with the fear of potentially failing? Oh, okay. That's slightly different because too. I thought it was different. Yeah. From childhood, I was afraid of not of, of the outside reflecting that I'm not smart. Mm, mm. So like, for example, we're talking about something as simple as a, like a riddle. I wouldn't mm-hmm. put in the attempt to solve the riddle because I wouldn't want to be reflected back that I can't. Right, right. Yeah, I got it. Okay. And so, yeah, that's slightly different actually. So that, thanks for sharing that. Um, um, well, I'll, I'll say what I, I'll just share like the piece that, that, that the other commitment that I made and then we'll, we'll create maybe a different one that like you, you would be making in your situation. Um, I didn't want to hustle. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to grind. I didn't want to do work that I didn't enjoy to make the money to hire a coach to help me to make money doing work in a way that I enjoy it. It just seemed ridiculous. Mm. I'm going to suffer to make the money to hire a coach to help show me how to make money without suffering. That's so antithetical. And it's so like the, the, the answer is out there. I wanted to hire my coach for a reason that with the money that was an expression of that reason in action, not something that was contrary to it. I can't stomach and live with like that kind of um, 
heresy in my life and my being. And so, um, so the, the additional commitment that wasn't for Steve, but was for me was, and I will not do anything to create the money that is contrary to the point of hiring him. So I'm not going to hustle. I'm not going to grind. I'm not going to create clients through fear and pressure and pushing. And I'm not going to have any lapses in integrity. It's all going to be flow and, and from love and through spirit and intuition and being. JB, so that, go ahead, go ahead. You Tell just me. freaking nailed it, man. So can, can awesome. both of them be the reason now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was important for me because that was like, if on one side it was like, I've got to make this money, that was like constraint. On the other side, like if I was in a box, the other side was like, I'm not doing fucking anything that I don't love. I'm not doing pressure. It's all going to come from being an intuition and creativity. So like I was, I was stuck between those, those two places. And then, you know, using that was a narrow corridor. And so the only way forward was from flow, from being and the outcome must happen. So, um, so how, did yeah, you shift? Man. how did you shift in that moment when the part of you is like, I need to hustle and grind right now. What do I need to do? Well, it was like, well, then I hit the other wall. It's like, well, I'm not going to hustle. So that's not an option. Uh, so, okay. So what is when I'm, when I'm, when hustling's not allowed and when not achieving the outcome is not allowed, th then what? And it was literally just actually asking that question sincerely instead of rhetorically. Because I think a lot of times people will ask that rhetorically. And then what happens is they take a step backwards and they just bow out. But if you actually ask it sincerely, which means, come up with an answer and you actually engage your creative functioning and you say yes to the question and you say, and what happens, you start to see things. Okay. Well then I guess what would happen is I would just love some people and help some people. And I guess what would happen is I would just ask for somebody to make a commitment at a level that's not, that has never come out of my mouth before and see what happens. And I won't need it to happen, but I am going to say it. And what would happen if I just started to add a zero to everything that I asked for? I'm going to find out and I'm not going to need it. I'm not going to push, but I am going to, I am going to take the action and I am going to speak it. Um, so yeah, th those kinds of things, but staying with the question and coming up with genuine answers. See, I was just helping somebody on my team the other day, like get that, like one of the ways to cultivate being is to simply ask yourself, if I were being that, what would I be doing? And then to just do that shit, man. Cause the best way to teach yourself who you are is to take the actions that you would be taking if you were that. In fact, the best reason to take any action is not for the results, is not even for the learning you get from the result not working out. It's actually for what it teaches you that you are because you took the action. Who does that tell me that I am that I did that? That's the best reason to do any action. And how often, I can only speak from my experience, do I make it about the other? And, and not pay attention to what is the value within me that is actually focusing and communicating. Right. Who do I teach myself that I am by making this ask? That's way more important than what happens. Wow. So JP now, after the commitment is accomplished, did you, do, did you have like mm -hmm. a little type of like party or little celebration with yourself and your wife? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably I, I, my, one of my biggest like kind of growths I could think would probably be better at celebrating, to be honest. Uh, and so I, it definitely wasn't as, as big of a celebration as it could have been, maybe even would say should have been, but, um, 
but uh, I'm certainly, I think I remember having like a fuck yeah moment, like, you know, arm to the sky, like, like a, like a <laughs> Muhammad Ali type thing. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think I screamed, probably looked at my bank account when the money was like, fuck yeah. So that kind of thing. But it was like a moment. I could do more celebration and gratitude for sure. Um, yeah. And this comes back to where your being was triggering me in the past is Hmm. I was wit wasn't am witnessing a man that from my perception was putting in the effort Hmm. and the intention to creating exactly what he wanted. And in the past, this isn't, I'm not this version of me anymore. In the past, I would have the belief that I can, but I wouldn't go for Mm. it and I wouldn't put in the effort. And then that would Mm. create me being in a limited state. Mm. Well, and the real pain is judging yourself for not putting in the effort, right? Because it's like there's not putting in the effort, but then there's the shame that comes along with that. And that is the real abuse. That's the real um, pain. And, And if there's anything that I learned with Steve, the thing that I learned more than anything is how not to do that. Like that, that secondary gain of that creates the suffering. Um, and not that I don't ever do it, but I can catch it now and, and I know how to undo it. Um, so, but glad to hear you're not that dude anymore. That's great. Yeah. This has been a tremendous year in, in many ways and challenge. Awesome. And I yeah. want to say something that has also come been a gift of my gift to me from you. Wait, from you to me <laughs> to awareness is. I'm recognizing that there's a new distinction now between effort and showing up with integrity the way that I want to show up. Mm. Because in Mm. the past, there would be this judgment and this criticism of, oh, I'm not putting in effort. I don't want to put in effort this way. So then doing stops as opposed to, well, it's not about effort, but about asking yourself, how do I want to create through being in integrity? And that Mm -hmm. is where the piece on creativity comes in. So instead of saying, I don't want to put in effort this way, because now I put all my energy into that, I Mm -hmm. say, so how can I creativity, wait, what? Creatively. Creatively. (laughs) Creatively. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's like, it's, it's having, it's, it's saying, I mean, it's a, it's a philosophically important point because again, there's, I think I mentioned this earlier, like somewhere, but the social cultural conditioning is, is, is one of the things that really holds people back and the social cultural conditioning is you have to do stuff that you don't enjoy to get the outcome. The, and the outcome is primary. The ends justify the means. And I'm like, I don't live in that world. I live in a world where the means justifies the end. You could say the being justifies the outcome, not the outcome justifies the being. So I'll be whatever I need to be to get to that. It's like, no, to a certain degree, but with constraints. Because I have values, the things that matter to me. I want to enjoy my life. Like the necklace I wear is the Chinese symbol for now or today. Um, because this present moment and my enjoyment of it and my fulfillment of it is, is, is primary. And so I'm not going to commit myself to creating some outcome at the sacrifice of the present moment. My joy, my fulfillment coming from like fear or something like that. Like, no. And so it's, it's, a commitment to more than one thing at a time. Whenever I'm committing to any outcome, that is in addition to my commitment, my other commitments to the present moment. And, and I think, I think there's a wisdom inside you that has you say no to an outcome through effort. If effort means a sacrifice of other things that matter to me, 
And so as you get in touch with all the things that matter to you and you keep your commitment to those whilst you're making a commitment to an outcome, suddenly you're liberated to give effort because you're not making unconscious, surreptitious sacrifices to things that actually matter to you. And who says all effort can't be joyful? Yeah, of course it can. It can be the moment you are willing to say no to the nuanced aspects of effort that aren't for you. Right. And in being, being honest, because I can imagine I've definitely been there where I'm focusing on being, but I'm not paying to this. I'm not paying attention to the subtle being. um, What's the word? Procrastinator. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm being love. And I'm also not realizing I'm also being a procrastinator. Right. This is why I shared that Nietzsche quote about tolerating truth. Yeah. Like, and that's why it's on my, I look over to my board. That's why it's on my wall because like, it's good to be reminded that there's a, there's a truth that I'm probably not tolerating. I'm muting it, sweetening it, falsifying it, ignoring it. And so I look at that quote and then I sit down and I look in and I get honest with myself. Like and so, some cutting questions, like where am I? not being honest with myself. What am I not willing to tolerate right now? What do I not want to stomach? What do I not want to look at? Ask the pointed question of yourself that kind of like, you know, those, you know, kind of puts forces you to look in the direction you don't want to look and then just find out with your journal or your pen or your, or your prayer, um, write it down, you know, writing it down is a beast. Cause then it's like, it doesn't go anywhere. Hang it on your wall, write it down on the dry erase board on your wall. It's like, I am not willing to tolerate the truth that dot, 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 and then write it in big letters. You got to walk into your office every day and look at it. It's like, okay, then eventually you're able to contend with that. One of, one of the biggest changes, like life-changing moments was, I was like, I am so sick of having journals where every page <laughs> says the exact same thing. Today's the day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm done with this. Good. Yeah. It's that turning point. Incredible. Mm. So JP celebrates the commitment. Mm-hmm. Now, who is he and who is he no longer being that was previously pretty active? Um, well, interestingly, I mean, I was like, okay, I've got the money, but it was like, there was still a moment of now I have to make the bank transfer. And there was hesitancy. I mean, I think everybody goes through this when they're making a big commitment to something. It's like, you know, when I was about to buy my house too, like the one that we're in now is like, even at the closing, it's like pens about to come to paper. And it's like, wait a minute, is this really the right move? Um, and so, you know, there's a story I like to share about the thought I had the moment I did push send. It's like, what if he dies? <laughs> you know, and it was like, and the reason that question is important is because it's the, it's the coming into contact with the part of me that like, this will save me, then I'll be enough. And, and it's like, that will undermine the efficacy of the work that I could do with, with my coach. And so I, I stayed with that and I created an answer to it. Again, I asked that since I stayed with the question, it came up rhetorically out of fear, but I stayed with it sincerely until I created an answer. Well, if he does die, then here is how I'm going to 10x my investment anyway. And I created my own myth, which is like, I will fly to his house. I'll make sure I've got a key and I'll sit in his office by myself. I'll read his books. I'll read his notes. I'll, cr- I'll coach myself in that environment and I will create 10 X my investment. And that was my healing for myself so that I could show up not needing it to save me and just create with it. Um, and so I guess to answer your question, who I was being from that point on is, um, the person that stood on the foundation of who I'd created myself to be in those four months, right? Like that doesn't go away. That 
who who I was when I sent the email that I'm going to have the money by Christmas and who I was at Christmas were two totally different people. I was I had grown immensely, and then all the work we did was on the foundation of that. So um, I think I was a person that that knew that I could make a commitment that was well beyond anything I'd ever done before, and and I could make it happen. And I and I continue to be that person. So which means I continue to make commitments beyond what I historically have created before. I'm willing to throw my hat over a higher wall now, and that scales. What have been some of those exciting commitments? Um, well, the most present and important one recently is to buy the farm that I bought in Maui. I mean, I was renting for the last 20 years. I, I bought property when I was younger in real estate, but to buy a $2 million farm with three houses on it and a pool and chickens and all this stuff was like a huge next step for me. Um, so that was massive. Um, just saying yes to that and, and now having the you know, the mortgage and all the things that come along with it, the expenses. Um, and then on another one was saying yes to scaling my business from just me as a coach to building a training company and having a team and payroll and investing in a whole new brand. And so, which, you know, the, the growth for me these days is one that is I create freedom through independence to I create freedom through interdependence. Like, all my life, I've been really good at like doing things on my own and creating freedom from the outside in and from the inside out through through a way of being, I'm my own person, I do my own thing. And now, of course, is, you know, having a wife and then having kids and having the farm and now having a team and payroll, the edge for me has been, okay, it's not just me taking care of myself anymore. It's me taking care of a lot of different people and moving parts and animals and so it's like, how do I continue to stay free and liberated, like keeping true to that constraint, right? Like I'm committed to freedom and now I'm committed to freedom whilst having a number of people who depend on me. That is, uh, that's my growth. And, and, and I'm, so I'm in that same kind of space that I was when I, my commitments to make the money to work with Steve, but now I'm inside that space of my commitment to freedom and success with dependence. And, uh, and it's got me at my edge, but uh, I know on one side, it's like, I will succeed with people who depend on me. And on the other side is I will continue to experience freedom now and I will enjoy it now. And so, you know, there's days where that's not the case, but I got to come back to my prayer and come back to the support and, and remind myself that I'm committed on both sides. Um, and I find my way with it. What typically takes you out of that freedom? And can you like describe what freedom is in this new context? Because it's easy, to, at least for me, to understand what freedom is when you're on your own taking care of yourself. But then what does freedom become with a host well, of free, responsibilities? Well, for me, it's the same. The freedom is the same thing because it's a, it's a freedom is an experience, right? Like I am, I mean, you know, the books by Viktor Frankl as A Man in Search for Meaning and The Choice by Edith Eager are, are the, the best books I've ever read that demonstrate that point. They're both survived the Holocaust and talked about creating freedom in that situation. I mean, that's like, you know, you can't get any more intense than that. And so if they, if they can be free there, then I should certainly be able to free when like bills need to be paid. Right. Like, um, and so for me, the freedom is the same in the sense that's like, I am free from the fear, worry, or concern about circumstances. I'm relaxed. I'm at peace for me. Freedom, uh, feels like peace feels like joy. Um, 
just just ease. I'm free when I'm at ease. Um, it doesn't matter if my hands are bound. Uh, it doesn't matter if you know the phone is ringing with the debt collectors. I can be free when the phone's ringing with, from the debt collectors, and I can be not free. You know, depending on the experience I'm creating. And so it feel the freedom, the experience of freedom is the same whether I'm it's through independence or dependence. But so for the the edge for me is. How do I continue to cultivate that freedom when these new circumstances out there are coming up? When people are are saying, "When are you going to pay my invoice?" Right? It's just a new. It's just a new environment. And this is something that I'm really passionate about: is like continuing to throw ourselves into chaos and into environments that upset our freedom, so that we can grow in our capacity to create freedom despite circumstances. Like you know, there's there's being able to be at peace when you're a monk living in a cave. It's a different story when you've got kids that are screaming,、um, you've got debt collectors calling, when the pressures of the world are on you. And so, I'm interested in the spiritual teachers that are that are in the mix, like you know Steve and Byron Katie, like parents, businesses, like they're in the real world. And so, I take their story and their path to enlightenment to be、uh, just to be. I don't know.、Uh, just to be more useful for me and more believable, more important to me, because they're doing that kind of work and creating that being in that environment where there's 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 a, there's a counter force, and so that counts for a lot for me.、Um, you know, and that's why I point to Edie Thieger and Viktor Frankl too, because like that's like you know, if you can create freedom in that environment, I mean, that's otherworldly. And the responsibility, not the responsibility, the cho- the chosen responsibility of. IJP have cultivated myself up to this point. How can I now give more of myself? Yeah, how can I now step into an arena where I'm not feeling free? Like, how can I? I'm, I mean, that's kind of like the crazy. It's almost sadistic thing. Like, how can I cr- grow? How can I step into an arena where I'm out of my depths? You know, where I where it's going to stress me out, so that I can learn how to not be stressed in that game. I like that people just don't grow because they know that if they do, they're going to upset their well-being.、Mm. And it's like I'm, I'm like, where am I going to upset my well-being? Because I want to be well there, and I can't learn to be well there unless I'm willing to upset it. So for me, that's I'm a big fan of the, of Taoist philosophy. It's like it's back and forth, yin and yang. Like it, the spiral is going around and around in a circle in, at higher and higher levels, and so. That's why I want to upset my well-being so that I can create well-being at a higher level and in, in broader and broader contexts. And being a man committed to a lifetime of growth and evolution, yeah, there is never a destination of well-being because that immediately would become the contradiction to the man's values. It's the、system. end. It's the end. Yeah, for me, it would be the end. It'd be stagnation. I'm, I'm like、curious. a a redwood tree. I'm just going to keep growing. Yeah, until I get cut down or burned. Yeah, let's let's say four or five years ago when you were just thriving in a personal coaching business before、hmm. focusing on scaling, was there a time where this wasn't on your in the landscape? Oh, scaling! I mean, yeah, yeah, I didn't want this. This is not what I wanted. I wanted to be like Steve, just have an office and people come and see me, and and it's just a simple, simple business. It's just me, maybe an assistant, and that was it. And this this scaling is a surrender for me.、Um, I still don't want it in the sense that what I would rather is just to have it be simple. But the I part of my growth too is where what I personally prefer 
has become less relevant than what is being called forth from me and of me by God, the universe in the form of intuition and other humans. Like somebody else asking me to teach them is as relevant for me as the whisper, you're a teacher. Um, because like the voice of God in me and the voice of God in you is the same voice. And so, you know, I, I listen to people asking things of me. And so this business and scaling is, a, is, is actually a response mostly to the, to the asking of, of the people around me. The people saying you're a philosopher, people saying, can you teach me more? People saying, I want to work with you and, and, and coach your clients. It's like I, I had my hands up and trying to stop that from happening. And I just then I had to have a put a foot up and then I didn't have any limbs left. And so I was started saying yes. And so this is it's this is a this is totally a happening and a surrender. And I'm not trying to pretend like I don't enjoy it. And there's not parts about it I'm excited about. But my ego wants the simplicity in the sense like, I don't want to do all this. You know, but when I just be quiet and be still and just trust and, you know, then there's a, there's a truth and I follow that. And this is what, this is what's, this is what I'm up to. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is like the rational side of business building, which is what we've all been conditioned in mostly. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. this spiritual, spiritual essence of business building. Mm. And in a way, it's like my question even came from that rational. So JP, tell me, when did you sit down and write exactly what you wanted different and what you were going to create mm. as opposed mm. to this is the natural progression that is being communicated to me and through me. And here mm. we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly like very little planning, very little like rationality to it. If anything, um, the rational side is like trying to keep up and like, you know, a lot of things that I've done that, uh, in this journey haven't worked or because the rational signs kind of like try, trying to keep up. Like, and so, you know, it's doing, it's doing an okay job, but it's certainly been led by something non-rational, um, something deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerful. like more, more specifically, what I mean is like, there's a lot of smart business things that I wasn't doing that I'm figuring out how to do now because it would really serve where this surrendered spiritual thing is, is taking me. And how do you balance still working in the areas that you love? What do you mean within, within the work that I do? Meaning, I guess what I'm implying is before you were mostly doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is mm -hmm. the work that you loved and simple speaking, you only wanted to do. And I still do, do right? right? And now with all these other added responsibilities, are you finding areas yeah. where you're like, that's actually not my skill set and I don't necessarily thrive in that? Yes. And so it's, a, again, it's both and it's, it's like, I'm only going to do what I would love. That's my stand. That's a constraint. Right. And so in the same way before it was, I don't want to hustle. Now it's like, I don't want to do spreadsheets. Right. And I don't want to set up systems and do like web, web development tech stuff. And so the way that I'm meeting that is both and where I can delegate, delegate, where I can afford to hire, hire. Um, and where it's just going to be so much easier, cost effective for me to just do the thing, even though I don't love it, I, I, what would it look like if I did love it? And I start to create a way of relating to it in which I do love it. Anything can be created as something that you love. It just takes a little bit of conscious intent and effort to, to necessarily to do that. And so I'm either delegating it or I'm recreating it as something that I do enjoy. And that is, I think the important piece with that is like, there's a level of, honesty that you need to bring to whether or not you're just bullshitting yourself and creating a story to get through it while you don't love it versus actually slow down and actually love it. And so 
I find joy in slowing down and taking the time to genuinely cultivate the joy of something so that I don't have to lie to myself and pretend I'm enjoying it. Um, so, you know, and some more pragmatically within that, some of the ways that I fall in love with the action is to find the contribution and service of it. Like going right now, one of the things that I'm doing is going through, I have this scorecard called the ultimate creator calculator. People fill out the answers and they get their results. And we have to build up a system of responding to these people that creates an intrigue that has them book a call. And so I have to go through one at a time. I mean, like 30, 40 of them the other day and just like think about it and write a response and one at a time. And it's like in a way that's repetitive. It's not my ideal work, but I've fallen in love with it because of the contribution that it's making. I focus on the person that's receiving the message from me. And I be with them and I just get connected to the service this is for them. And I get connected to the contribution this is to my team if this person books a call and they want to speak with them. And suddenly now every iteration of reading these reports is I'm, I'm connected to the contribution, which gives me a sense mm -hmm. of love. And so there's always a way in whether, whether it's a bookkeeping or accounting, like you can get connected to the contribution this is and you can feel love in it and for it. So it's both. And the way that is going to spread into every area of your life, because what, where I wanted to take it and what it made me realize is like, wow. And because he makes that shift in a task like that, how is he now mm -hmm. showing up as a father? How is he now showing up as a husband? So I'm yeah. curious, what have you discovered within the dynamics of being a powerful father and husband with this mm. new world of responsibility? Yeah. I mean, leading the team and finding ways of enjoying every aspect of it is helping me to look for ways to enjoy every aspect of like the home life. I've just like, you're spot on with what you're, you're thinking. I just have been like falling in love with taking out the trash, like being the only person in the house that takes out the trash. Like, I don't know what it is about like my wife. This is my old story. Like what's, wh why is it not possible? Like, what is it? Is she, she, she's got two legs, two arms, like all these stories about like, why am I the only guy? in this house that can do that. Like, why does it only make it to the front door? Right? I can get really into it. And then it's like, but what if I loved taking it out all the time? And I've, I started to create this. I love doing everything. Cause I had this complaint. It's like, I'm fucking have to do everything around here. Mm. And it was like, what if, what if I didn't have to, what if I actually did everything and I loved it. And so I've been creating this. I love doing everything. And I just saw, and sometimes I speak something and then my, my, my intuition keeps going. And then I just wrote, because I am everybody. I love doing everything because I am everybody. I am everybody and everything. And it's like just this collapse of self and other distinction. And now I have like this spiritual experience of being my wife as I take the trash out. I am her. She is taking it out. It just looks like me. And it's like, and so... It's, it's fun. That's what I mean by it. You can see I love this stuff. It's, it's joyful for me to create the opposite experience where there was resistance is now like it's become something beautiful. I had a, the context is way different, but I had an experience where I used to be super attached to clothing. Like I, if, if I mm -hmm. saw somebody with something that I liked, I'd have to figure out how to get it. And when I worked through those attachments and seeking happiness in the external, I remember I was walking through New York City one day and somebody had this like awesome jacket on that I wanted. And I realized I, in that moment, I didn't feel the wanting, but I just felt this appreciation like, wow, that dude looks cool. And it was like, I, I actually had it. I felt that feeling. Yeah. Of like, if he has it, then, then I got it too. Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, that's like, 
isn't that a cool thing that when you can appreciate somebody, you suddenly feel love? Like this is the, you, you can't, what, appreciating somebody else is giving love. And you can't give love without receiving it simultaneously. It, it always, love cuts both ways. And so that's a great example of it. Like your appreciation gives it to you. Uh, it's love is the thing that you're getting, but it can have a form of a jacket, you know, you, kindness. You want to feel that people care for you, care for somebody. And it's like, boom, it's not like, then it's not about reciprocity. It's about simultaneity. That's for me like a big, big difference. When people think about love in the, in, and they think about, oh, it's like reciprocity. Like I give love to you, then you give love to me. It's like, no, you're not really getting it yet. That's a, that's an economy of trade. That's actually not pure love. Pure love is simultaneity. I give love to you and receive it whilst giving it. It's like energy flow. It's like, oh, I'm going to get some negative electron, some electrons out of the outlet. And, and then later I'll put some positive whatever back. It's like, no, there's two prongs. It's in real time, simultaneous. It flows in both directions. And there it is. Instead of creating JP as an enemy because he's doing and creating what I want. So mm -hmm. uh, let, me, let me run away from that because if I look at it, it continues to poke it as opposed mm -hmm. to another way is, well, how is this man creating? How is this man mm -hmm. loving so powerfully? And what can I learn so that I could shift my being and be exactly what I see? Yeah. Awesome. I like that better. Hell yeah. So cool. JP, I know that you got to do some loving on your children with a, a school. Yeah. So is there any last words that you'd want to share with us before we close out? I love you, Ross. JP, I, I love think you're you too, super man. cool. I think you're super cool. I think we've got a lot in common. I think you're hyper intelligent and switched on and committed and that you get contribution. Uh, and, uh, you'll, you're just going to continue to crush it in this work. And, and I appreciate your honesty. Uh, with your sharing your projection keep being that way keep showing up that way dude thank you jp so we we best friends now huh yeah besties <laughs> don't, don't call me though <laughs> sending you all lots of love peace out all right see ya thank you for listening if you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation please share this podcast with them also we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.